Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. It's a podcast that is like, um, it's like we collect a garbage can. It's an ill-advised podcast. It's an ill-advised podcast about a reprehensible show where we go through um, two hours a week, sometimes four hours a week. Thank you, ABC. And we just sort of go through um, a nation's sort of collective garbage. And, and we then compromise a lot of things that we stand we for. compromise a lot of the things that we stand for. And then we take all those things and we put it in a garbage can. And then you come and you put your earphones on. You download it through, you know, whatever app you use. Maybe podcasts, the iPhone one, maybe Sketcher. Sketchers, I think, is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Pod boys. Shape ups. And then we come and we say, We hope you're having a good day, nerd. And then we upend this garbage can on top of you and it gets all over you. Can I say something, Griffin? Tell me now. I think there are still funny moments and we can make a funny podcast. Mm. And I don't want to be. It's an interesting prospect. I don't want to be too down, you know? I also don't want to be down. And there's there's one man who's capable of of, of changing that, and his name is Doug ABC. His name is Craig Bachelorette, and all he has to do is make one decision, one casting decision. That's it, Craig. If this one's for you, bud. Um, let's, well, let's talk about Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, let's start. So we said this episode of because, Rose Buddies would cover Monday and Tuesday. Yes, because fuck, am I not doing two podcasts a week anymore? Last week almost killed me. I think, I here's the thing. It was a fine two episodes of Bachelor in Paradise. It was really this, we're coming off hot and fresh after watching the After, after Paradise yeah. live show, which is... If I really, I'm sorry that I opened up the show on such a pessimistic note. It was the worst hour of television that this organization yeah. has ever put on the television before. Worst in every conceivable you know definition was of the bad word. Because like Jubilee was on it and Sean was on it, and I still didn't like it. Oh, I fucking hated it. Not only that, I mean, it. it, it one of those two fell from grace in a a, a, a really dramatic way. Not Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee. Is, she's shown like a torch in the fucking darkness, <laughs> like a meaty torch. I wanted to like. I wanted to. I want to write her a letter. Can we do that together when we're done recording this? Just write Jubilee a letter thanking her for her, her well, for should. her service and then for her service. Yeah, we should. Um, tell me what happened on Monday's Monday. Bachelor. Oh, same rules apply vis-a-vis Rod. We ended up giving 120 U.S. American dollars to Safe Place, <laughs> which is good. It's a great cause here in Austin. Uh, look, look them up. A bunch of people were also making donations to Safe Place. Somebody matched us. That was very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica Huff ran Erica a, Huff, who ran sent a those, candle drive yeah. for her candle company called Wick Habit. Um, uh, she sold over $300 worth of merchandise and vo- donated it all to Safe Place. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah it's a great cause. We do have a baby on the way. So if we could avoid saying <laughs> Rod's real Christian name yeah. like a dozen times this episode, that would be sick. I don't think it's sustainable for us to donate over You said it a lot. You always $100. called me on it. You didn't realize. I think you said it two or three well, times. Well, if you had caught me, maybe I would have been better. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay, so let's get into this. Okay. this shit. Monday night's episode starts. Rod is leaving. And, you know, ABC teased that it was going to be this big, protracted exit. It was not. There were, yeah, the edits for this season of Bachelor in Paradise, the trailer edits and the, like, 
not even the trailer edits, the way that they're editing sound effects and Foley work and shit into the actual um, episodes of the show is really, really bad and not that hard to spot. But they made it seem like he stuck around and was like throwing shit around and like knocking shit. That yeah, must have no. happened while while, while Rod he was, was still intoxicated. On the show. Yeah, yeah. And then they. they oh, I will say this week we watched the intro. Oh yeah, we found um, eyeballs on that one. And that I feel like really captures the tone of the show or what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and it's just always so nice to start out the show that way. You just feel like, yeah, we're going to have fun here today, guys. And there have been a few moments. There were a few moments this week that sort of encapsulated what I love so much about yeah. Bachelor in Paradise in that it is it's trash, but like in the most delectable way, like trash corn, popcorn that you fish out of a trash and you eat it. And it, it's not the best popcorn you've ever eaten, but it's free. And it's so funny that you're eating popcorn out of the trash. Have you told your story about the trash bag I used to of work popcorn? At a, yeah, I used to work at... This was... I'm drawing from experience. Um, <laughs> I used to work at a movie theater. I'd work at the concession stand. And what do you think they do with that? all that popcorn? They just throw it away. And so um, one day... I lived around the, the corner from the movie theater. I just threw it all into like a gigantic... Uh, like forty gallon industrial size garbage can, uh, garbage bag that was clean. It was unused, and then I, I we took it home to my roommates. Played Star Fox sixty four, <laughs> and we ate a bunch of it. And we at one point we dumped an entire jar of Nutella in the bag and shook it up. And that was cooking. That's cooking, is what that is. Call me Bobby <laughs> Flay, if you will. I think we've talked about this before. Um. Okay. So. So Rod exits. I don't really want to talk about it any more than no, that. No, it was fucking nothing. Okay. Like, it was literally 20 seconds. Okay, so then um, it is time for a new contestant to arrive. A new tribute. And the person that arrives is Leah, who is from Ben's season. Yes. Uh, and Leah is infamous for... Infamous. Quote, unquote, infamous. She did one thing. Yeah, she she kind of was a was a non-player most of the season and then as Lauren B became the clear front runner, she tried to put questions in Ben's mind about Lauren B being fake, which is from whole cloth, like not not legit. This and, happened at the fucking water and the ocean pig date too. And she to yeah. violate the sanctity of the ocean <laughs> pig date there is no jail bad enough for Leah to be in. And probably the the most egregious part of this was that Ben went to Lauren, said there there have been comments made to me about you being fake. Lauren came back to the group, said, who would say that? Who who did that? And Leah denied it outright. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So when she showed up, some people knew who she was. Uh, the twins in particular seemed pretty hostile. The thing about Bachelor in Paradise is people will continue to arrive late in the show. And the later you arrive, the harder it is for you to find a match. Yeah. Uh, and that was... Especially if you're... I don't want to be... I don't, I don't want to be uh, particularly mean to anybody on the show who doesn't, like, deserve it. Um but there, there, there's kind of a we're in kind of a middle of the pack territory now. I'm going to talk a lot this episode because I think it like defined a lot of the drama that happened this week. I think there's like tiers of i t i e r s tiers of like <laughs> bachelor bachelorette contestants. Yeah. If you go for that high tier category, you better play to win because if you don't get it, you you will be sent home, sent packing. But like Brand, like we got a new dude in this episode. We just watched named Brandon, who I literally. I've never seen before in my life. I think ABC is gaslighting me. 
No, see, I think I remember him. Okay. But I'm not 100%. Anyway, we'll get to him. We'll get to it. Uh, so Leah shows up. Leah gets a date card. So that is the one advantage you get, is if you arrive late, you immediately get a date card, so you can kind of throw yourself into the ring. Uh, and she looks around and says, where's Rod? Is Rod here? And She's heartbroken that Everyone's Rod like, yeah, you totally missed. Missed Rod. Dang. Totally missed Rod. Ah, beans. Uh... So so then Leah is kind of setting out to try and find somebody to take on this date. Uh, and she ends up picking Nick. And Nick at this point has his eyes on Amanda. Mm-hmm. So he's he is not especially receptive to this. But um Yeah, there's there's a thing that happens before Nick and Leah go on their date. Uh Griffin I don't know if you know what I'm about to mention. I don't. Uh, it's no, I can't remember anything. But it made um, it made everyone very uncomfortable. You could have described any of the 15 things that have happened <laughs> in the last two days. Uh, we see Emily and Haley go up and join. Oh my god, Jared and Vinny in the little dining area. This, this was this. It's they're just getting too goofy with it. I say goofy. That's too like light an, an, an adjective to describe it. But the twins were eating bananas at the same time, and the bachelor put sex music yeah. over it. Yeah, so I get the sense that Emily and Haley are kind of up for anything. They're kind of wacky, and they're willing I to kind of... I like them this season. Go for it. I, I, I like them this season more than I did during their season well, of The Well, they still say some kind of catty stuff, though, they about people. They say catty people. stuff from time to time, but they are far from the, like, meanest, no, no, yeah, they're not. I don't think the they're. I don't think and they're evil. they said some stuff that made me kind of giggle. They just seem, they seem like they're having a fun time and are totally willing to... They're, they're totally on board with the, like... A comedic twin angle, the straight up parent trap angle, um, yeah. and which makes me feel like less bad, but still, it's kind of gross that ABC is completely making it like a novelty. Yeah, it was. It was kind of this <coughs> this gross moment. That but th- this was this was this was unspeakably awful. Like this was next level bad. The the edit sometimes it's like funny, like Claire talking to. Uh, a, a, raccoon. a raccoon like that was that was one of the funniest things i'd ever seen because this is the first time it had happened right like yeah this was this was well that was new bachelor in paradise that was right? the first season of bachelor in paradise and claire was a, a woman who was on juan pablo's season was the runner-up in that season and like told him off which is like everybody been waiting for because juan pablo was a, a shithead um and then she had a bad experience in bachelor in paradise and was venting her troubles and they edited it to make it look like she was telling a very receptive raccoon. <laughs> and it was very fucking funny. Only now they've, like, done it, like, four or five times to poor Claire. Um, so, like, the edits, like, the edits for comedy, they are leaning into it. This was, like, somebody went way overboard because it wasn't funny. It was, like, really super-duper pervy and, and gross and bad. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, and so then we cut to Lace. So Lace... Um you know, is is recently without a partner since Rod left, uh, and she's worried about her fate. Because um, at this point, they haven't had a rose ceremony yet. No. Uh, and so she's talking to Jorge. Um, Jorge is the bartender for Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. I don't know if we've extolled his virtues enough, but... He was on last season at Bachelor in Paradise. We weren't doing the podcast back then. I know. Um, but he is, he's familiar to us, is what I'm saying. He's beloved. Yeah. Uh, and then Lace is talking to Vinny... 
uh, and saying that she's concerned and that she was kind of vibing with Grant. Uh, and vibing, just so you know, it's not a word I would normally use, but it but is. But this show has buried it deep in your <laughs> it lexicon. It is common parlance on the show. Uh, and so Vinny uh, takes it upon himself to go to Grant and say, hey, Lace, Lace is kind of into you and would love to spend more time with you. And so Grant goes to talk to Lace, and they kind of reconnect in that moment. Yeah. So Amanda is um, telling us, the viewer, that she likes Nick, and she's kind of disappointed that Nick is going on this date. Um, But she's also kind of skeptical of Nick and doesn't know whether or not he's just like a super smooth operator or if they really have something. Um, And and then we see Nick go on the date with Leah. They're, They're in this weird, it's like... They're at a street festival and maybe a carnival, and it's hard but to like tell. A bad, but like a very bad carnival. Yeah, it just seemed like there was nothing going on, and so they just threw a bunch of stuff together. Like a carnival that would take place in like a preschool parking lot. Because doesn't he swing one of those big hammers to like hit a bell? I don't remember anything about this. <laughs> I don't remember anything about this date. I barely remember anything about this episode. Yeah, they they do end up kissing um nick and leah do but it doesn't i mean there's no super big sparks it's weird that we can tell how good a kiss is between two people doing <laughs> a kiss on tv now it's really weird that that's a that's a that's an actual like codif- uh-huh. codified metric in my mind that is etched in stone i can tell when people are feeling it and i can judge the quality of other human kisses because of how much i've watched this show i'm like a dog show judge for human (laughs) kisses like i know all of the weird stuff like all the techniques Mm -hmm. that's i mean don't get me wrong it's why i'm so fucking good at it but i don't kissing mm -hmm. yeah no that's fair because I, I'm like Mega Man, you know, I bust them up and I learn their techniques. Because you lift up the tail, you check lift between up the, the legs. Tail, I check the legs, check for the heat. <laughs> oh, God. Look at the teeth. Look for the teeth. <laughs> well, not look for the teeth. Find them. Where they go. You usually know where the teeth are. Uh, we have four hours of television. Okay, to talk okay, about. okay. Um, we get a scene of Amanda talking to her kids on the phone. Uh, she has two kids that are at home right now. And, and the kids the kids are like, who's this? Kind of shit. Oh, Griffin. <laughs> Come on. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Back into the breach. Back in the breach. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so then, so Leah and Nick get back from their date. <laughs> And uh, Leah's kind of debriefing the date with the with the other ladies, and then a date card arrives. And who is the date card for? Well, it's for Nick. Yeah, which is a surprise Round because usually, two. usually whoever is whichever gender is giving out the roses that week, the other gender gets the date card. So if the men are in power, which is a weird way of thinking about it, but like if the men are the ones giving out the roses, then the women are the ones that get the date cards and get true? to give them out. Yeah, almost almost invariably. Huh. Um so so Nick gets a date card and uh, some poor producer, I have to believe coaxed Leah into saying, "Oh wow, I'll get to have another date with Nick. Clearly he'll pick me again and we'll have two dates." 
No, Leah. No, Leah. No. Nick picks Amanda. Nick picks Amanda. And then this sets Leah off on... I don't think there's going to be a lot more to talk about vis-a-vis Leah. But it, her whole arc for the episode was like... Tragic heroine of like... I've had my heart broken. I've only been here one day. Why did bad things always happen to me? And it's like... Well, and she's got that hustle on, though. I mean, to to a point we make a lot. Does, yeah. She does not roll over and die. No, she, she gets out there and she tries she to find somebody else. She hydrates the hustle for sure. Yeah. But but this this I don't know. Get you've been there for one day. You're in super pretty Mexico. Like have just have a good time. I'm sorry you didn't go get to go on two consecutive dates. <laughs> um So as Amanda's getting ready for the date, Leah I think is trying to make friends in a weird way that women do sometimes where She's like kind of teasing Amanda. She's like, oh my gosh, I have the same makeup palette and the same bronzer. Stop trying to be me. We're like exactly the same, Amanda. I think boys do that stuff too, but just. Well, not usually about like makeup bronzer. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I will say, um, much in the way that all the dudes look the same at the end of JoJo's season. I was not surprised that Amanda and Leah had the same makeup palette. Yeah. Um, w- nor would I be surprised if the twins also had that palette um, because they all look exactly the same to me. I think that's fair. And I think it, maybe not exactly the same, but I think most of the women there look very similar. Yeah, with like Sarah sun. and Carly, too. Maybe, I think that's just what that, that good, good close to the equator sun does to you, gives you that tan skin, gives you that sun-kissed blonde hair. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if I, let's say I went to the, the equator. Sun-kissed blonde hair, beautiful uh-huh. bronzed skin, and some sort of beaded necklace would just appear on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would look so good, babe. I'd make sure you put on sunscreen and stuff. So the twins are telling us, the viewer, they're seeing this kind of rivalry between Amanda and Leah. Uh, and the twins are like, Amanda is five million times prettier. Uh, they are very anti-Leah and continue to be anti-Leah for the remainder of her time. Everyone paradise. is very pro-Amanda. And Amanda's very, um, she's very nice. Um, but like, she's, she's, like every guy when he shows up is like, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go talk to Amanda. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm interested in Amanda. Yeah, I don't. I don't totally... Is, which is no slight against Amanda, but there's a lot of eligible bachelorettes there. Yeah, I don't totally understand it. I was trying to think, okay, well, how is Amanda different than the rest of the women? Um, And she doesn't have a twin. Yeah. So that's different. There's one, there's one of her, is what you're saying. Uh-huh. Um, she doesn't have a history of getting really drunk and doing anything crazy. That we know of. That we know of. Uh... But as far as like what makes her remarkable, her name her name is a palindrome. No. <laughs> um, a Danma. That's pretty close. She's a relatively unknown person. I mean, she's been around, obviously, but like we don't know a lot about her. We just know she's nice. So there's not anything to really hold against her. Yeah. Okay. But uh, um, but yeah. Happened? Anyway, so she so she's super great. Everybody loves her. So Sarah at this point is also getting kind of nervous because uh, the rose ceremony is coming up. She hasn't really connected with anybody yet. 
Uh, and so she is trying to kind of figure out who her person's going to be. So she goes and hangs out with Vinny for a little bit. Um, and they have what seems like a really good conversation. Um, Vinny's like, you know, I'm just here to find my best friend, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm big on physical touch and he's kind of like touching her, um, which then kicked off a whole love language conversation with yeah. our big, 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 big group of friends, which by the way, for my friends I made macarons. They're pretty Oh good. yeah. They were very delicious. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we, we talked a lot about love languages cause I, I went on the website and took the quiz myself. Uh, words of affirmation are big for me. You look really nice today. Thank you. That's not exactly what it is, though. Well. I mean, it's a little bit. Okay. It would be more like you look really nice, and that's one of the reasons that I care so much about you. You all, you've you always looked and will always look very nice. There you go. See, that's good. I like that you look nice. I feel affirmed by you. <laughs> Thank you. That's my love language. Um. But yeah, there's there's acts of service, there's physical touch. We can't get into what the love languages are. I just I want you to figure out what yours is. <sighs> Probably there's tokens of affection or something is one of them. Is is pizza a token oh, of affection? Okay. Well, yeah. I hate to I hate to be reductive, but no, you like it when I make pizza. She makes really good pizza, y'all. <laughs> it's not. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to sound like I'm pushing pushing the gender norm. I feel like we both cook pretty fairly equally, but you for make your a, friends you cook all the time. Yeah, but you make a damn good pizza. Thank you, baby. Affirmed. You've been affirmed. Thank you. And you look nice while you make the pizza, and I <laughs> like that. I like both the things. Affirmation. You got firmed. <laughs> and that'll hold me over for like a week. Yeah, at least. You're like a cactus. <laughs> Or like you're just a little, my little succulent plant. Oh, we got to move so much okay, faster. Okay, okay, okay. okay I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. So this is when Carly and Evan start kind of exploring the space a little bit. <laughs> exploring each other's bodies. Uh, they spend a lot of time like talking and hanging out. And Carly says, you know, that she's been wondering what it would be like to kiss him. And Evan, We've all had that thought. <laughs> yeah. And Evan's kind of, he's not making any moves, but he's doing this kind of like weird, like leaning his head against her, like, oh, I'm so tired, and then kind of leaning on her. And Carly's like, why will he not make any moves? And so they kind of get up. He's a nervous boy. Yeah. They kind of get up to go up the stairs to like call it a night. And then they do kiss, finally. Uh, and they both kind of say, all right, well, good night. And they kind of scamper away. And Evan says it was incredible and that there were fireworks. He said there were butterflies and fireworks, which he either then said four more times throughout the next episode and a half, or they kept re-editing in that one. And then we cut to Carly and Carly is telling Sarah that it was terrible. Y'all, I love Carly. Um... And I, you know, I still, I still do. She got pretty savage. Um, she did. And I and I was Evan. telling Griffin, some of the stuff she said kind of sounds like something like, you know, gal pals would say to each other if they were like on a really bad date. Or, or if you were a person who was on a television show who was told to be and wanted to be memorable and entertaining, you go too far. I, I, yeah. I get that. I mean, if I apply that same... But I will judgment say to everybody then it's it's it doesn't hold up but I will say Carly 
Carly, this is not Carly's first show. She knows better. Yeah. She should have known. I'm going to say this stuff. It's going to be on air and it's going to embarrass Evan and make yeah. me look bad. Yeah. He's like a real dude. He's like a real sensitive dude. Yeah, I like think a nice be, guy. He's a nice guy. It would be hurt finding this out. Like, he's got kids and, like, his kids shouldn't have to see stuff like that. It's a bummer. Evan did do some um, gen- genuinely kind of w- weird things on this date, we found out, only because of this after show thing, which is the only. Um, thing of value to come out of the after show, but Carly also I want to point out uh, did apologize afterwards on Twitter, or so I don't know if she apologized, but she was like I went too far. Yeah, she's like I appreciate that. She says stuff like, like I don't even know how this man has kids. That's, like, yeah, see that's rough. Suggesting that like his his sexual his performance doesn't work, and we all know like is so you can bad. say what you want to say about Evan. His ding dong works fucking super good. He's got three kids. He's got three kids, but also he's like a, and he's an expert. He's an expert. Like I'm pretty good at video games because I cover them for a living and I have for a decade. He does ding dong stuff for a living. His ding dong game is probably super on point. I hope words of affirmation are his love language because I think <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Uh. So at this point, Lace and Grant have reconnected. We yes. get some scenes of them kissing on the beach. Um, and then they decide to go back to a bedroom. Mm. Uh, Lace is telling us, the viewer, that uh, Grant has a banging body. He does. You can't deny that. Uh, and they get in bed together. And Lace has the smart idea to cover up the camera with a blanket. But it does not help. Uh, because we get to hear everything that is happening in that room, and there, which was in some, the captions were somehow more explicit yeah. than just like if we had seen full, if there was full pen, penny, then like they went as far as to identify who was moaning yeah. and when, and somehow the camera became uncovered or something, and yeah. they were both still fully dressed, so I don't. Yeah, there was a suggestion that the blanket fell off post-act. Yeah, I don't know. And then Lace looks, like, shocked, and she points at the camera. I almost got into, like, a point where I was going to start hypothesizing whether or not these two consenting adults had sex or not. I really don't like where I'm at (laughs) right now. Um, Okay. Should we leave leave it at that for that day? Leave them alone to their bedroom acts. So the next day, and this is the shortest day ever in paradise, because we get to spend a few seconds watching Leah inflate a giant swan. <laughs> Y'all, some funny stuff has happened this this season so far in this Buckwild television show that is Bachelor in Paradise. This was the craziest thing I had ever seen, because from a storytelling standpoint, it'd be like, what happened that day? <laughs> Guys, we have no footage for today. We got Leah blowing up an inflatable toy, and then it cuts tonight? Yeah, so we see Leah inflating this giant swan and then proudly taking it to the beach as if, look at this great thing I did. And then the sun sets and it's nighttime. It was ins- It was like, <laughs> I'm wondering if the whole cast got together and was like, listen, the whole Rod thing, that sucked. None of us signed up for this. You guys are going to give us one day where we just party for real and we don't have to worry about yeah. you filming us boning or whatever. And, and you know, we'll have a cookout. The crew can come. It'll be great. And they're like, okay, so that was just the day the earth stood still for the cast of Bachelor in Paradise. And they actually had a great time. Yeah. So that was it. That was all we got to see for that day. Um, and then it's time for the cocktail party before the rose ceremony. Did we skip Nick and Amanda's date? We did. We vaulted right over it. If you didn't take your notes, it's fine. It wasn't a very good date. Oh, oh, you know, here's what I wrote. 
Here's what I wrote. So they go to a bar. Um, Amanda talks about her big heart. Uh, Nick says he's attracted to big personality. And Amanda tries to affirm that that's what she has. <laughs> uh, and it feels like a job interview. It super duper does. Because uh, he's asking her questions. She's responding very appropriately. And, and then there's then, a lot of like, I'm having a great night. Me too. I'm having and then after a, it's the over, yeah, Amanda says it's like the best first date she's had. And that was a bummer. And they go to a bonfire and Nick says, quote, I love fires. <laughs> I love fires. I love watching fires. <laughs> and that was all I wrote from that date. And then they kissed. There's a suggestion that they have a lot of chemistry, but there is nothing you about. Sure, the fuck didn't yeah. see it. It was the it was the swan day of dates. <laughs> Just like not a lot of good footage to come out of this one. I would say less dramatic than the swan day. Yeah, swan and day. At least you really... had some. Like there was one point where Leah looked like really exhausted and, and frustrated something got with the, accomplished with the on that day. Yeah, and also like a person like took on a project and stuck with it. There was a whole arc. Like there was a while there where I was like, that goose is not getting blown up. And then Leah gets back right back on the horse or the goose, and she just like goes for it. And then like you see her walking on the beach and she's holding the goose. Yeah. And she's and I'm like. Yes, she did it. And then she turns and looks up at, at the whole gang. She says, look, everybody, it's Swan Lake. And I said, that's a beach. And then I said, life's a beach. And then I. <sighs> that was a good day. It was a good day. Uh, so it's a cocktail party before the rose ceremony. Um, and Carly is kind of running through who we think will end up with who. So Grant and Lace. Her and Evan, um, because yeah. despite the fact that the kiss was not super good for her, like there was a lot of like, well, it wasn't a good kiss, but there's no re- reason to say no right now, you know? Yeah, she says the you know this year in paradise there haven't been a lot of connections right away, so there's a lot of wild cards, yeah. and one of those, for example, Jubilee and Emily are both into Jared. Yeah, um, and so during the cocktail party, uh, Sarah sets up a little more one-on-one time with Vinny um, and says, you know, I really enjoyed our time together last night. And Vinny says, oh, yeah, but there's this one thing I wish I would have done. And then he smooches her. And then Izzy, who has been spending time with Vinny also, steals Vinny away. Uh, And Izzy says that she wants validation. And then Vinny smooches her, too. Put him in a straitjacket. (laughs) Um, yeah, this was weird. I feel like Vinny and Izzy, like, they were kind of setting them out to be, like, um, on Bachelor in Paradise, sometimes people meet episode one, and you don't really think much of it, and then in the last episode of it, they get married and are more in love than anybody who's ever yeah. been on the show before. Uh-huh. That's what Jade and Tanner were kind of like. Jade and Tanner were like, the, the, I th- I feel like, actually, that wasn't exactly episode one. I feel like, uh, Tanner had to work, work for that. I feel like there's some competition there. Oh, that's true. Um, there's a, a bit of a, a love triangle or perhaps a rhombus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, I don't know, I wasn't expecting, uh, DJ Vincent to, to, uh, Go go, smooch somebody else other than Izzy. Although you know it's it's paradise, baby. Uh so Leah uh, knows that she's kind of scrambling at this point. So she's like, "Well, I know that Nick wants someone who goes for what she wants." Um, 
And then says all these kind of disparaging things about Amanda, just like, oh, well, I don't know about a man that would want that type of woman that already has kids. What did she say? She said something about moms being needy and dependent. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not get it that bad? Like, how do you, I get being like, not at that place in in your life or whatever, but how can you be that detached from reality that you think that, like, having kids makes you needy and dependent and not, like, the opposite of that. Yeah. Now, Leah, I mean, Leah has kind of a sad story in Paradise, and you're not really rooting for her yeah. either while she's having that story. Um, but so Leah pulls Nick aside and makes it so much worse um, because she's like, yeah, you know, I just I know that you've been through this before. You know, and that that this is this is all old hat for you. And Nick's like, oh well, I mean, really only twice. And she's like, oh, but more times than you should have. Um, and just like being very assertive, um, just like look at me, you know, like look at me while I'm talking to you. And she's like, you get nervous and you look away, Nick. And Nick's like, well, I'm just trying to figure out what to say. And you can tell that she's adopted this persona that she thinks he'll be attracted to, but it just, it's clumsy. Uh, Nick says in no uncertain terms, I'm actually going to go with Amanda. Yeah. He's like, my initial thought is Amanda. Uh, So. Because her her name's a palindrome and I just think that's so fun. Uh, and then he gets up and walks away. It, it would be if it was like a mama. A mama. That's exactly a her mama. name. Okay. A mama. Uh, so Leah, who is ever resourceful, goes immediately to what she calls Plan B and pulls Daniel aside. Daniel should be nobody's Plan B. <laughs> How uh, did we get here? What I don't was know. The long and winding road that led me to Daniel. It was his. Uh, courtship of sarah he's so soft i want to take care of him but he said some really heinous oh, stuff he definitely has no don't get me wrong okay but it's coming from a softness okay uh so amanda has a similar and i'm sorry not amanda leah has a similar interaction with daniel to the one that izzy had where she's trying to connect with him and so leah is talking about how she has layers like an onion. Um, or somehow the conversation turns towards many layers. Swear to God, Daniel starts quoting Shrek here. And Daniel says, oh, are you going to make me cry? Uh, and Leah's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, then you're not like an onion. Uh, and then says that maybe if she has one layer, she's more like an orange. Yeah, she says, like, no, there's just more to me under, under like, what you see on the outside. He's like, then you have one layer. You're, you're like an orange. Like, Daniel, that's, you fucking beautiful mind. <laughs> I love it. And so Leah is like, you know, are you feeling this at all? Do you think something could happen between us? And Daniel's like, well, I saw you in your swimsuit the other day. And I was like, damn, girl. Um, beautiful. <laughs> And, and so Leah tells us, the viewer, she says, you know, he's really, really awkward, but it doesn't matter if I get to stay. Because you don't get him. <laughs> um, and then we get a montage where Daniel's like, uh, he tells us, Daniel's speed dating tonight. And we see him go talk to the twins. Talks to Jubes. 
talks to Jubes, talks to Sarah, uh, just just all over the place trying things out because the men get to give out the roses tonight and she wants to figure out. He's really sweet with Sarah, which is, and this, this is, is where yeah. I, I mentioned the ascent of, of Daniel. Um, the, like he's actually genuinely like nice. He's like, I think you're the coolest girl here. And I think we have a lot, uh, you know, in common, we both seem like we're like on the same level. It's like, Daniel, that's the first, legitimate thing that you've said that didn't have some sort of bird metaphor in it yeah he seems really clumsy with everybody except sarah yeah with sarah he gets super smooth i wouldn't go that <laughs> i well, wouldn't go that far he gets uh, super smooth in comparison he is very earnest he, is doesn't, is t- he doesn't talk about onions we gotta get to this rose ceremony okay so grant gives a rose to lace uh nick gives a rose to amanda evan to carly jared uh picks emily and that there, there was sort of a tension point there of if he didn't give it to Jubilee, then Jubilee's probably yeah. Gone. So so that means Haley gets to stay because Emily was picked. Uh, Vinny uh, chooses Izzy, mm-hmm. not Sarah. Who there is another tension yeah. point there. And then Daniel says, you know, guys really, you know, save the best for last and picks Sarah, which S- means both Jubilee and Leah go home. Yeah, um, it's very very sad. Uh, love Jubilee sad. again. Bright, bright, shining torch star, star in my sky tonight. Really saved. This me. is just—it's not the right format for not Jubilee. the right format for her. But also, her and Leah did the same thing, and this is where I want to talk about this. Oh, okay. Of every fucking time that Jared—well, I guess Jared was only on the show last year—but every person that, came, every woman that came on the show was like, "Gotta get up with Jared," and they all went home. Every single woman went home, and Nick is like sort of the same idea of like this this hot hot commodity and if if you go for somebody who's especially somebody who's like already kind of spoken for you better play to win because if you don't you just sit home and you got to be careful with that first pick because if that first pick rejects you everyone has seen you go for that first pick and they know that your preference isn't really with them and jubilee like was talking about before everybody was even had even gotten there she was like i'm only here for one guy yeah like, jubes no you gotta open yourself up to the process what if it had been you and daniel you don't know yeah you don't even know yeah now she never will uh so then after the rose ceremony uh josh arrives Josh is from Andy's season. We talked a little bit about him last episode. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to read Andy's book, there's like some excerpts out there, which I didn't like. When we mentioned on the show, like I didn't know that Andy had even written a book. And then reading some of the excerpts, like, who boy, holy shit. There's some not great stuff in there vis-a-vis Josh. Yeah. From what I've seen, Josh was very possessive of her said like if he d- if she didn't post a i mean some of it's like uh upsetting like uh shouting her down at a a wedding and being uh g- generally uh emotionally abusive but some of it is like if she didn't post a man crush monday of him on instagram <laughs> every monday like he would get pissed off about it which like we're laughing like oh. in the in the in being a part of that relationship would have been a fucking genuine nightmare but that is like the most shit lord dude like behavior i can't even imagine well and nick and nick says you know there's some stuff about me in that book too and the stuff about me is true so i have to believe the stuff about josh is true too Um, i think he says mostly true which is like kind of an interesting confession because there's some not great stuff about nick in there not about him being emotionally uh, abusive per se but like hit the 
what Nick did, and it's important, I guess, that you know this, uh, is uh, he outed that they hooked up during the fantasy suites, I guess, is how it happened. Yeah. It was the after the final rose. So Andy had just chosen chosen Josh, and they were engaged at this point. And then during the after the final rose, he was like, I guess I have one question, and that is, uh, why did you have sex with me in the fantasy suite and, and then not pick me? Um, which is like, God, it, uh, the past few seasons, it's been such a non, like, I feel like it hasn't been that big a deal that people have sex in the fantasy suites, which I guess is a good thing in the long term. But this this was like unprecedented and kind of grody. I mean, it's pretty grody behavior of just like, why did you why did you fuck me if you yeah. didn't want to marry me? Like yeah. doing this in a way to like embarrass her on this on on this program. Yeah, and then immediately after that, he goes on Caitlyn's season and has sex with Caitlyn well before they even get to the fantasy suites. Like clearly, he which doesn't. We don't, which we don't give a shit about. But I know, like but clearly, weird... he doesn't have a problem with having sex before marriage. Yeah, it's, it was a As, weirdly hyper puritanical like thing for him to bust yeah. out. Anyway, it was weird. Yeah. Um. So Josh arrives since he is just arriving. He gets a date card. Um, all the women are talking about how attractive he is. And then he kind of systematically starts pulling women away to talk to them. Uh, Nick seems kind of nervous and says, you know, we do have a history of being attracted to the same women, referencing Andy. A lot of people there didn't put that together. A lot of people there were like, oh, shit, that was you. Yeah. That was you, too, <laughs> on Andy season. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, Josh starts talking to Amanda, which is the woman that Nick's excited about. Uh, and they're talking about Amanda's kids and her daughters. And Josh says that he has no daughters yet. Oh, man. <laughs> I have no but daughters he does. Yet. He says, I have no daughters. And then in the next breath says, but I do have a dog that has had cancer. And we just had her leg removed, and she's doing great now. And it's like, that's very, that's the saddest thing I could imagine. But not even, con- what are you talking about? I don't I don't have daughters, but I have a very sick dog. What? It was almost like currency, like, I see that you have something that you're serious about and shows that you're a serious person. I also have a serious thing. It is this dog. Let me tell you about it. Which, okay. All right. But it felt clumsy. Uh, and so then Josh decides to ask Amanda out on the date and Nick is not super happy because Josh never went to Nick and said, Hey, is this okay? Amanda never came to him and said, Hey, is this okay? Uh, Daniel picks up on this. Daniel's like, how you doing, Nick? And Nick, sweet Daniel. <laughs> and Nick says, I'm dealing with it, Daniel. <laughs> Which he's, I enjoyed. He's, he's, uh, uh so Josh and Amanda get to go on a yacht date, um, and they're on the yacht. Uh, Amanda brings up the book that Andy wrote, and this is when Josh says uh, that he was depicted in a false way, that is a fictional story, and that it is full of lies and egregious things. And then Amanda apologizes for even bringing it up. And tells Grape. us, the viewer, that she believes that he gave a good answer. Grape job, everybody. Here's the grape job sticker. It goes right on the report card, ABC. It, it reminded me a lot of when um, JoJo confronted Robbie about the tabloids. And Robbie was just like, 
you know, this just this terrible thing happened to me. This woman did this thing. And I just, I've, you know, it's really unfortunate. And then Jojo's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And, and Josh also does this thing. He does it a couple times um, throughout these, this two episode arc where he's just like, I don't know why should you pick me, but you know, God knows the truth. And just like, you know, I'm just following, just following God. It's like, that has not, that's like you talking about your, your dog, your, your sick dog. When Amanda talks about her daughter, it's like, it has nothing to do with any, yeah. how, that's the most like transparent, like this book, Andy wrote about it. I saw you two on television and you got engaged on television. I did see that. And she did write in the book about all this horrible shit you did. He's like, Psh, yeah, but I mean, just following God. It's like, Josh, what are you talking about? Yeah, to be clear, like, you know, he can feel how he feels about it, but he could have just done a classy thing and been like, you know, it was a messy breakup. It was public. Uh, it was uncomfortable. And I have regrets, and I'm sure she does too. You know, just something very kind of middle of the road. But no, it was like, she's a sick person yeah. with a sick mind that misremembers how good I am. Yeah, a fictional, fictional story. Uh, so, but anyway, they get they they snorkel and they have a good time. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and they do a lot of smooching. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we get intercuts of Nick on the beach by himself, just looking sad, like skipping rocks. Um, and then, um, then we cut back to the other tortured love story, which is Evan and Carly. Uh, so Evan is very excited about Carly. He's still kind of luxuriating in their date. I should, that's a really good gerund. I should mention, we didn't talk, so right after the kiss, there's this scene where Evan's back in his room, It's before he's laying it's, it's in It's immediately bed. before Carly reveals like that it was bad and she didn't like and the kissing. And he's kind of gingerly just stroking his chest with his hands. Nothing just, weird about that. I do that all the time. Just kind of rubbing his fingers across his ribs, just, just smiling to himself about how great that kiss was. Um, and so the next day he's kind of still in that glow and he says a sentence that I wrote down. He says, love is a connection you choose every day. Um, it's been one day though, my, my boy, it's been the one day though. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he's in it super deep. And then this is when Carly really starts to kind of start trashing Evan says, you know, my brothers told me to stop dating feminine guys. Um, and she said her first boyfriend turned out gay and um, something along the lines of, it looks like it's happened again. And it's yeah. like, yo, Carly, pump the brakes yeah. on that shit. All of this is a precursor to Evan getting a date card and immediately asking Carly to go on it. Yeah. And Carly is telling us that she's not excited at all. The date card stuff is absolutely, crabsolutely, the Bachelor producer's watching what people are saying uh -huh. and what's watching what's happening and then like deploying those to particular mm -hmm. recipients to like add to the drama. So if you if you're tangled up in something, rest assured you're going to end up either getting a date card or getting asked out on a date. Cuz the dates are always the dates in paradise are especially low budge and kind of thrown together. Like they they don't yeah. seem as wildly orchestrated as bachelor bachelorette, so you know that they can kind of at the drop of a hat switch people in Just and out. Just switch people in and drop them into like accentuate. Yeah. I also think that the people they send in and when they send them in and potentially 
depending on how tinfoil hat you want to get about it, who they tell them to like go after uh-huh, also okay. is dictated by what is actually happening in real time in the house. Because okay. how could it be like two people are having like a, a a love affair and then somebody's like, I hope nothing happens to break it up. And then a person shows up instantly right then and says like, I am here for this person who you just said that about. Yeah. No, so are you saying that the new people that come in as the season progresses are, are deployed? Oh, okay. So they're all waiting in the wings. Manchurian candidates. And they're like, Josh, go, go, Josh, go, go. <laughs> Who do you want me to go for, Dad? Chris Harrison just like tips his fedora up. A mama. I'm the only one saying her name right. Uh, go make out with a mama. <laughs> go make out with a mama. <laughs> uh, so the date between Evan and Carly... Is, it was so bad, guys. Is so so sad. They they're walking out into what I'm guessing they assume is going to be like a restaurant or maybe a live concert, and they enter this group of people screaming, and Chris Harrison and a and a woman uh, standing around. And as soon as that crowd appeared, I, I actually stood up and walked away from the TV, which I think is the first time it's happened to me watching this show in a while. Um, it's like an actual involuntary response I have sometimes to things that make yeah, me see, uncomfortable. I thought you were going to do something. No, I, I literally just got up and went into the kitchen. And it's because they could not have picked two worst people to spring this this big crowd of people of love spectators on so i believe it was sean lowe's season where they did a guinness book of world records challenge yes they had to do the longest kiss yes and so when chris harrison said we're gonna go for a world record today i immediately thought of that date the world's longest on-screen kiss which is something ghoulish like seven minutes long yeah which i would love to know what tv show had that record before the bachelorette because the bachelorette is popcorn is trash corn like of course they would get something like that what would it, what was there an episode of like chicago hope where just two <laughs> characters just like kissed uninterrupted from mm-hmm. one commercial to the other mm-hmm. no it wasn't it wasn't chicago hope uh it was actually according to jim it's life according to jim <laughs> seven rules if you want to date my teenage oh. jim um so so then I have a moment of relief. It was dinosaurs. <laughs> the sweet life of Zach and it Cody. It was sweet life and Zach and Cody. And it's like, who? What? Her? Her? Who? Me? Which one? <laughs> it was who? Which one of us is it then? Out with it then. Me or her? Which was this TV show spinoff of the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. It was Zach and Cody, Mary-Kate and Ashley, and Keenan and Kel. Mm-hmm. It's a big crossover It was app. really good, though. Such a good uh, show. So then I felt a moment of relief because they're just going to eat some really hot peppers. And I was like, oh, cool. Just hot peppers. Um, but then after they eat the peppers, they have to kiss uh for at least 90 seconds which is that's not no i'm sorry that's just not a record nobody's ever said like okay eat we'll eat peppers and kiss for 90 seconds then we'll break a record was it longest on-screen kiss while people had spicy produce in their mouths (laughs) that's a really really esoteric category yeah how would you even search that like if you flip to the index how would you get to that longest on-screen kiss between two people, comma peppers, who were holding 
an egg in their butts each. Oh. Each holding an egg in their butt. And this is the hard-boiled category. If it's a soft-boiled egg, that's a whole different category. It definitely affects how long the kiss can be on screen. Okay. What about, like, a raw egg? Would that even be possible? Longest on-screen kiss from two people who also had a full-size original Game Boy in their mouths. <laughs> let's see. Let's go back and look. It looks like the, this record is 45 seconds, and it was season one of ER. Oh, that show <laughs> ran for so long. What a weird sort of foundation for it to be built on. Yeah, if you actually, if you next time you see an interview with George Clooney, like see if they bring that up because what about the scene where you put the full size Game Boy OG first gen Game Boy in your mm-hmm. mouth and you and Moira Downey? No, who is the woman? Moira Tierney. Moira Tierney kissed each Game Boyed up. Uh huh. And then they beat they beat the the level of Mario that they were mm-hmm. on. The level of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh got all the coins so far into uh, the episode. Okay. so so they at first i think carly's gonna run out of this room she's gonna just run out of here she's gonna come up with an excuse and run but no she and evan both eat the peppers and they they do the kiss for a minute and 41 seconds and uh when they pull guys when they pull away there is a very long string of saliva between them so long and sinewy that another couple went on a zip lining date on it <laughs> oh, perfect if you zoomed in you can actually see christian and sarah just like wee <laughs> um only slightly less surreal than what griffin just said um actually what happens is a mime comes out <laughs> Not of their mouths, but a mime comes onto the platform where they are, and there's a burst of confetti, and there's acrobats, um, and it just... Guys. But this is why we bachelor. No, it's true. This is is the wild, holly garbage that Mm -hmm. I love. Because why? It's absurd. And I don't mean that in like a... I'm, I'm, I'm not using that term lightly. It is absurdist art. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, they both immediately run to separate bathrooms, which I thought was, uh, you know, funzy fun editing. Apparently, um, no, Carly actually Carly got, got very sick. Actually, got very sick. Let's drop that in here because we saw this was the segment that we saw during the, the after paradise. The after paradise. Uh, and Carly was like full blown yartsing, and a nurse or a and like a medical uh, uh, attendant was with her, uh, putting some like cold packs on her, and she was like, "Evan, I don't mean to be rude, but can you just leave me alone and let me be sick?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we get like a long shot of Evan just like standing on the beach, looking up into the chamber where she is, and then he walks back up and takes the pads, the cooling pads, off of her, and like sort of leans in over her. Which Carly was not a fan of because how do you? That's not a good time to be romantic. Yeah, apparently she was just you know. I mean, you know how it is when you when you get really sick. Like she's very hot and sweaty and uncomfortable, and he wants to be comforting, and he does that by putting his that is the hot most body on top selfish of her. urge though. When you're when you are sick, my lovely wife who I've been married to for just who even knows how long. <laughs> Nobody does. I leave you alone. Yeah. I'll like go to the store and get you supplies and check and make sure you're mm-hmm. all right and tend to you. But that that like. 
I got to be right next to you, touching you the whole oh, time, yeah, softly no. massaging. That's a that's a you thing. That's there, not a them thing. There have been oh, I'll just say maybe once or twice, um, separate occasions where Griffin has been very sick during our relationship. Just maybe one, one just or, maybe one, one or, or two, two times, times this month. Uh, and I do a favor for Griffin in that I act like I don't hear anything the noise at all. Is the horrible sounds. <laughs> Uh, and that's the nicest thing you can do for somebody. That's yeah. that's a relationship tip from Rachel McElroy. Um, so, so that's their date, uh, and it's it's miserable. And shortly after, I think Carly decides I need to. After I need saying to- a few more super mean things, like he gives me erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Uh, so so at this point. Jubilee is gone, and so and Jared picked Emily at the rose ceremony. So Emily and Jared are trying to kind of get to know each other, and they are laying on one of the kind of beach beds. I don't know what you call those things. Little a beach cab- bed cabana? pavilion. Mm. Cabana? Yeah. Um, and they are literally going through uh, their favorite numbers and colors. Hers is 13. Jared's is 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both like blue. Both blue, blue fans. Yeah. As I recall. Um, so Emily tells us the viewer that she's waiting on Jared to make a move and that she has all these kind of tricks up her sleeve. I love these. I was a big fan of this segment. So she says like one thing is, um, obviously you, you treat what he's saying as if it is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. You compliment a lot. Uh, you turn your body towards him, Mm -hmm. uh, and you find kind of a reason to get close to him. She identifies a bug in their proximity and crawls all over him in response to that bug. Uh, and then finally after doing all that, they, they do kiss. Yeah. It was sweet. It was, it was, it was sweet. It was kind of sweet. It felt real juvenile to me, though. Yeah, so what? This whole fucking project is juvenile. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, And I had to do something similar to get you to kiss me. That's that's absolutely true. You you said, Griffin, pretend you see a bug. I was like, what? (laughs) What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Turn your body towards me. Jesus, you're being very direct. Tell me all your favorite colors in order. What's your favorite number? Uh, I don't know, 20 or 21. That's right. Mm-hmm. Josh and Amanda get back from their date, uh, their yacht date, and uh, Nick talks to Josh and says, hey, just so you know, like, I was super into Amanda, and Josh is like, cool, you know, and he's like, kind of like, whatever, I'm not doing anything about that, um, and Nick is talks about how Josh is super obnoxious, and... Um, Josh is kind of unapologetic and like immediately kisses Amanda in front of everybody and Nick and kind of declares his claim on her. And that I know you're only using the parlance of the show, but the, the whole, like the, the show is now doing a thing of Nick versus Josh again, because the show is only allowed to have three storylines for the whole fucking franchise throughout the fullness of time. But like, it wasn't until I forget. I think it was actually Leah in this after show thing. They were all asking like who their favorite couples were so far, and she was like, "Oh, it's Josh and Amanda." And they're like, "Really, Josh, not Nick?" And she was like, "Yeah, because like Amanda likes Josh." It's like, yeah. Has anybody checked with Amanda yeah. who she would like to kiss? No, that's true. Because no, let me answer. No, you didn't. 
ever. Not the not one time. That's very true. She's yeah, my girl, and you took her. Well, she likes me, not you. I'm the kiss. I'm the better kiss man. You, you lost. I'm the bigger eagle. Yeah, the only thing, and this may be happening off screen, is there seems to be no point where Amanda goes to Nick and says, "Hey, I'm really kind of into Josh now." And you're a good guy, but it's not going to happen between us. I think that would have kind of closed the loop, but they make it seem like that never happened. Who gives a shit? It's paradise. People are going to smooch. People are going to smooch. No, that's true. It's not called Bachelor in Contractually it's just, Obligated they're there Partnerships. Together. That's like they're there together on this beach for, I don't know, a, a day? month? Maybe? Yeah, I guess so. It would be nice to say something. Anyway, next episode. Oh, yeah, we made it. Tonight's episode. Can we move so fast through it? Yes. Uh, so Daniel, now that he is rod-free, Daniel seems to really uh, thrive on a bromance. So he's kind of taken up Nick this as, is, as This is very bro, good. Which is sweet. Oh, and I will say at the end of the last episode, there's this nice moment with Daniel and the twins that's kind of fun, where they're commenting on his pec muscles. And counting a six-pack. Yeah. It's good. It's a cute moment. Um, but yeah, Daniel's kind of pot-stirring a little bit with Nick, trying to like figure out how he feels about this whole Josh thing. Um, but it just seems like the two of them are having a really, really strong, fun connection, which is nice to watch. Uh Daniel and uh, Sarah are spending more and more time together. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah tells us that she's uh, intrigued by him, uh, which is a good way to describe Daniel's I think we're all, at this point, we're all very intrigued by Daniel, what he brings to the table. So then we've got a new person in paradise, and the new person is Christian. Which you didn't remember. uh, I did not. Why I love Christian so much, and it's because his three goals are to... Uh, meet and impress Mark Cuban to spoil his his grandchildren and go into space. <laughs> space. <laughs> he wants to be on his spaceship calling Mark Cuban on his phone while PayPaling his grandkids thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> just saying like, what's up now, Mark Cuban? I'm on, I'm on Pluto. I just made it a planet again. You impressed? I love my kids, my grandkids. Uh, Christian was on JoJo's season just recently. In case you forgot him. He's, um, he was here a month ago. Um, so Christian, Christian does the kind of the etiquette thing where he goes to the guys and says, Hey, is anybody coupled up? Uh, Josh says, I've got Amanda. Great. Uh, Daniel mentions that he's kind of into Sarah. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't put like a real, a real strong hold on her. He doesn't say like, Hey, I'm like, I'm a super vulnerable, super soft boy and I need Griffin to protect me. And, I like really, really am. I think I'm in love with Sarah, and it's the first time I felt feelings like this in my whole life, and I really am excited to explore. Which he should have said, because should have said all that know? stuff, including me protecting him. Uh, so Christian talks to some women and and decides that Sarah is the one that he wants to take on the date. Uh, and Sarah kind of gives him the impression that she's open to it because she says, you know, I'm just here to have fun and meet someone. Um, and so it seems like. You know, it seems like she's open to going on this date. She hasn't made a decision on Daniel yet. So Christian asks her, and they go on this adventure date um, that involves not just multiple zip lines, but also repelling um, 
and then there's there's water and there's helmets and it's just a big adventure date and they seem to have a very good time. You know, helmets, man. It's a fucking just, adventure. Just here's an adventure put on a helmet. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Um, I like Christian. He's a very sweet, very sweet man. Yeah, Christian's really into Sarah. Has like a really good time with her. Says that her, like her confidence is really sexy, and they do some makeouts uh, and kisses, and it seems like things are going well. But he did, and he did like sort of step into my favorite romance on the show. So I will, I will <laughs> begrudge him that. You're not, you're not fans of uh, Vinny and Izzy. No. I think it's no. I think it's fine. I just they've gotten no screen time whatsoever, no, no. and they're not going to get like a date unless they date the whole time. It is. It's and like Jaden Tanner. Jaden Tanner, man. Yeah. Um. So Carly, uh, at this point, wakes up day after the Pepper date, uh, and decides she's going to tell Evan. She doesn't want to lead him on. Um, this is the this is one of the most mature things that's happened in the show, and this was one part that actually uh, the producers tried to interfere with that maturity by cutting in, like the 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 how should I phrase this? By cutting in things that they had said previously on the last episode to make it sound like they were saying them again. So Evan was like, "When I think of Carly, I just get." butterflies and explosions and it's like that's what he said the last time either he just keeps it and then literally just like carly saying evan gives me erectile dysfunction so unless she's like using her own joke like trying to catchphrase it out and being like super shitty about it or way more likely the producers are just like editing these these things in and not showing them saying them um yeah i mean it's it's you know this is this is maybe, I don't know, do you think they've been there four days at this point? Not very long at all. Yeah, so there's no way in which she's been leading him on, you know? And But she she wants to do the responsible thing and cut it off, and she leaves no ambiguity uh, and says to him, I want to be your friend. I'm not romantically interested in dating you. You know, I don't feel the chemistry I was expecting to feel. And I didn't know that until our date last night. I mean, there. And then Evan says, "Well, obviously, that is very hurtful." And now yeah, I'm going like, to That's go up. Tough. This is hard to hear. I'm going to go upstairs now. And she says, "Okay." And that's it. Yeah. It's like the most mature breakup. But, but for both of them, both yeah. of them. I mean, good, good on Evan for not like doing the thing that literally every person has done on this show when somebody breaks up with them, which is just like either irrational anger or just making them fucking twist in the wind for how dare you not like me. Just making them feel awful about not liking them. Yeah, and no. And trying to make them feel guilty for not liking no, them. No, he doesn't turn it back on her. Or, no, he's just like, I'm going to go angry. I would like to go away. And she says, okay. Yeah, and it shows him go back to his room and he's he seems to seriously be thinking, well, you know, I thought it was her. It's not her. Should yeah. I stay or should I leave? Is there anybody left for me? Uh, and he kind of marinates on that for yeah. a little while. Um, and so then it's time for somebody else to arrive. And uh, a man walks up to Chris Harrison, who is there to greet him. And uh, this is Brandon from Desiree's season. And even Chris Harrison refuses to acknowledge that he is at all familiar. <laughs> is this the deepest pull that they've that they've done? I don't think so, because I think I remember Brandon. 
No, but for the for this season of Bachelor in Paradise, this is Oh, back to Dez, is that back the oldest? To Dez, I think so, right? What was Dez? No, Dez was on Sean's season and Sarah is from Sean's season. Right? Yes. Because we thought Des and Sean had a big connection, and then they, nothing happened with them, and then Des got her own. It. I just can't keep it straight, babe. Anyway, I think, and then Carly. Who even knows what season Carly was on? <laughs> Juan Pablo season, maybe? I think Juan Pablo. God, I just don't know. Is that possible? Yeah. No? No. It's not important. It's not important. Okay, so... Um, so I think I remember Brandon from Dez's season. I think Brandon had kind of a sad story, um, and had a connection, but then it fizzled out quickly. Um, He told, he told, but he told Chris Harrison that, uh, he might be most memorable, uh, because he wore a thong in the soldier boy video, which Which is our theme song as Rose Buddies fans know. Yeah. You probably know that song better than anybody else in the whole world. Other than maybe Brandon, who probably like hears it in his (laughs) head every time he goes to sleep at night. Brandon also in the third episode of Dez's season told her that he was falling in love with her and she summarily sent him packing. Um, so Carly is excited to see Brandon. Um, she doesn't recognize him, but she does realize that Brandon was on the same season that her brother was on. Cause Zach in case w. you didn't know, yeah, Carly's brother, Zach was also a contestant on Des's season. So Carly thinks, Hey, this is my chance to find a, a gentleman. Uh, so she talks to Brandon for a while. Um, Brandon also talks to Haley. Um, and, um, Brandon ends up picking Haley. Yes, which uh, which Carly is very upset about. She says, this is not a good season for me. And it's it's hard to feel, I, I, you know, Carly, you're still a good audience surrogate. But I, yeah, I think you're, you're kind of mean to Evan. And yeah. now this is just some dramatic irony. There's a point when you've been a, around the franchise long enough that people start to view you less as a romantic option and more as just like a a character yeah like an alumni yeah you know kind of like oh look it's you i've seen you before yeah you know uh so Haley gets to go on the date with brandon uh meanwhile emily is back um having one beer and apparently getting kind of drunk which is funny for everybody that was a fun scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah emily emily just she just like gets real like friendly and goofy and they all braid her hair and talk about how great she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Daniel is still kind of smarting from Christian's date with Sarah and breaks out some Danielisms saying, you know, the, the male birds are swooping down for scraps, which scraps. Come on, Daniel, you're better than that. Bud. Um, and, and Daniel says, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to come in like an eagle going in for the kill, which, which is h- hilarious because uh, he then proceeds to romance Sarah, uh, under one of those cabanas with some, some chocolate covered strawberries and champagne. And then he opens up about how he feels like nobody really gets him and how uncomfortable he is around people. And how he feels, like, lonely all the time. Uh, and it's like, wow, yeah, bud, going in for that kill. <laughs> that proud eagle. I just feel like nobody really understands me, and, like, I, I feel isolated because of it. Going in for the kill. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's brand of kind of clueless humor 
like really tickles Sarah and it's hard not to be kind of um, charmed by it. So like when they're walking into this cabana, uh, Sarah's like, oh, did you do this for me? And Daniel's like, oh, I paid some local. It's really cute. It's like, okay, let's talk about Daniel. Because I feel like we're going to get some shit for double standard. I know. For, like, because Rod said rough shit, too. But, like, I, a, I don't think Daniel said anything that rough. I think his is coming from a place of uh, absolute insecurity. Because um, that first episode, like, he was being gross. He was like, all the there's some... Said something like rotten fruit, and he was waiting for fresh produce or some. Oh yeah, but I mean that. I think that is more to say more about Daniel's um, mastery of illusion and metaphor and simile than it is about like the content of his character. But there really is like a there's a certain goofiness to him that and it it is who he is. Like he is a goofy. He's just like a goofy dude, and it's not like a guy who is cruel. Or, no, like, yeah. exceedingly selfish who uses goofiness as, like, a mechanism to disarm people so that they can get away with shit. Like, I, honest to God, buy into the fact that Daniel's just a, a huge goober. Yeah. And and that is why I don't sense, like, an inch of malice in him. Yeah, I don't think he, he has a lot of experience with women. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's comfortable or knows how to talk to women. Uh, it seems like he says a lot of things that he's heard or that he thinks are things that people say. Yeah. Um, and Sarah seems to get that. She's like, you know, he's just really weird. And I'm surprised that I feel the way that I do about him. Um, but yeah, she seems really torn between Daniel and Christian at this point. And it's just kind of like, you know, Christian seems perfect for me in almost every way. But then Daniel seems... You know, like like somebody that is fun and funny and and surprises it's the, me. It's an it's a, this is like man. This is this is why we bachelor. This is like the, <laughs> the I, this is I, I'm being genuine this time because this is the kind of narrative that only this show can do. This is this is the story and the character arc that only this show can pull off. And it's genuinely like it's sweet. It's weirdly. Very sweet. And I'm sure I say this in the next episode, he comes out and, like, does something know, horrible. right? That's um, what's so risky about Daniel. I know. But, like, in this moment, it's sweet. And it was a moment that, like, you and I were just like, aw. And in the in the Rose Buddies group, like, everybody was like, I'm Daniel, my boy. Daniel, I want to <laughs> adopt him. And I want to wrap him up in a blanket and just hold him. Like, that's the kind of stuff that only this show can do. And it's such a bummer that, like... It, it has moved kind of away from that direction. I know. I know, because I'm happy with this. I don't need, I don't need anything crazy. I'm happy with the stuff yeah. that's happened in these two, yeah. Uh, so two more eventful things happen that are worth mentioning. Um, so Haley goes on the date with Brandon. They, they decide to do a switcheroo. Uh, they parent trap him, but good. Yeah, Haley says, oh, let's see if, if Brandon's really into me. Let's do a switch and see if he can tell the difference. Because Brandon's bragging. He's like, I can tell you part. Yeah, Brandon's like, you know, I I really, I I specifically like you, Haley. You're the one that I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thank you. Um, Rachel and- literally looked up at me like, <laughs> like come on. Um, and yeah, and so they're having a date. It seems to be going okay, although Haley clearly w- isn't super psyched or else she wouldn't have done this 
to Brandon, I'm assuming. Yeah, it seems like a mean thing to do to him. Uh, so, yeah, so they're at the table. Haley gets up. Emily sits down in her place in her the outfit she was wearing. Uh, Brandon says, hey, let's go take a walk. Uh, they go out on the balcony. Brandon talks about what a great time he's having and then seems to be positioning himself for a kiss. Emily kind of quickly... She says, "Like I don't, I don't do that no, on first day. I'll take a I kiss on the cheek." Really though. Never, s- he never figures it out, and unless I looked away and missed it, they never reveal their ruse. No, which is like that's actually weirdly Machiavellian. I like know. they're just going to hang. Haley tells the viewer she's kind of like, "Well, I don't, I don't know what to do now because Brandon didn't notice." Yeah, there is no exit strategy there. Now, in their defense, in in Brandon's defense, I've been watching the show for a very long time, and I really, I hope this is not an awful thing to say, but I cannot tell them apart either. I know. Um, Brandon has... You know when, so when Emily came and sat down, I felt like maybe they... There's, no, you have no way of having their being speech unbiased or their teeth that. are a little different. There um, was something, I was looking at her mouth and I was listening and it seemed... Because you knew to look, because you knew yeah, it was a different person. I know. Um, this was like the only day this person has known the, the Emily and Haley. Um, so like, I, it's... It's kind of fucked up. Like, there's no way he would have. Well, and this might be disrespectful towards twins, so I apologize. Um, But if I were a twin, I would like do my hair a little different. We talked about this last time. Sports, sports, (laughs) Mary Kay, business, Ashley, or maybe reverse that. I'm not sure who can keep them straight. Uh, They just they they do the exact same thing with their hair and wear very similar clothes, and it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, and so, so the next they thing... They don't wear a sweater with an e, an e and an H on it. And it's like, come on, guys. They don't wear name tags. One of them doesn't wear glasses. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that happens, we see Evan kind of psyching himself up. He knows that he has to get back out there if he wants to stay because the women have the roses. Um, so we keep cutting back and forth between Evan trying to figure out... Who am I going to approach? Who makes the most sense? I know who I'm going to approach. It's going to be Amanda. And then we cut to Amanda making out with Josh. And then we cut back to Evan and Evan's putting on cologne and he's writing out a little date card for Amanda. Uh, And then we cut back to Amanda and she's making out with Josh. And then we cut back to Evan and Evan's writing on the date card. Evan, you deserve love. Take Amanda to the tree house. Uh, and then kind of patting himself on the back for acknowledging that he deserves love. And then we cut back to Amanda, and Amanda's making out with Josh. And so Evan's kind of psyched up, and he's decided he's going to go for it. He's walking up to them, making out. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then we get a big to be continued. And then based on the, we'll not get too deep into it because we've been going so long, but it seems like things do not go super great. No, Josh is not receptive to Evan's uh, interjection. Yeah. do it, But I would love to hear what Amanda thinks, though. But unfortunately, we don't get any time to figure that out. Hopefully, at some point, Amanda will start speaking we'll to the camera. say anything. Hopefully, she will say something and let us know how she feels about anything. I would like that. Let's let's just burn down, like, seriously, two minutes. Okay. The we've because we've talked. I feel like we've broken out the most salient details of the of the after show. And to be quite frank, I don't want to talk about anymore. I don't even want to watch the after show anymore. Like I think maybe we can just say sort of carte blanche right now. Like we're just not going to watch and talk about anymore because it was fucking soul crushing. First of all, Chris Harrison usually hosts the after show, and you usually get some clips you don't get to see during the episodes. And sometimes there'll be some cool celebrities on it. Um, All of this makes it fun. 
Um, Chris Harrison was not hosting this one, uh, which I like to think he did intentionally, but he probably just had a conflict. Uh, instead, it was a woman they've had host before. I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. She's actually like a pretty funny person. Yeah, no, she's... Well, usually... Usually. Her, and she was there with Sean Lowe, who was Sean the, Lowe, who we usually like, of Sean and co-host. Catherine. Yeah, she, she, he was. he's one of our favorite couples that have come out of this show. And he's he's usually been like a fairly... So like we nice, mentioned, Jubilee was on, Leah was on, Sarah Jubilee, was on. Jubilee, you're a torch, you're a beautiful light, you're a beautiful shining star. You you had you were chewing roast beef or something for the first like five minutes that you're on the camera <laughs> and it made me really, really yeah. uncomfortable. Um so so Jubilee was on first and they were talking to her and she was just being super real and they asked her about Rod, and she was like, "I don't think Rod should be on the show anymore." He's like, a, "He's like an abusive dude." Like she was every time they asked her anything, because uh, she was on the couch the entire hour. Like she would drop some like truth about about Rod. Um, that was like, yeah. thank God, s- fucking somebody well, here is saying shit like this. She acknowledged she acknowledged what we kind of assumed, which is she had no idea that Rod was as disturbed as he was. Until she watched the show and was like, "Oh, oh yeah, this this guy has a lot of serious problems." It she she just sort of played the whole thing like she just didn't think the dude should be there because the dude was there. The dude was there for like the problem. Most of it. The problem with after Paradise was that they brought Rod out and then they tried to make his what they seem to define as antics seem cute and fun. And they kept giving him opportunities to apologize or explain himself. The two, the two co-hosts were just like every time he would half-heartedly apologize while still blaming his shit on other people, they would be like, wow, that was, you know, that was a nice moment. Um, Despite the fact that Rod would be, so they bring out they bring out uh, they Lace. bring out Rod and Rod like talks for a while about his shit and how he's a, a, a victim of you know everybody uh, of Lace turning it on him and like he thought Lace was on. This is the crazy shit. Like they tried to make it seem like it was a he said she said thing. Like to the point where they had Rod out first and Rod was just like, yeah, you know, I thought Lace was on my team. And she just, like, went behind my back, and it was just, like, then I felt like I couldn't say, like, everybody was telling me what I couldn't say. And it's like, that's fine, dude. You told Sarah to suck a dick. Yeah. Like, how is that, like, how is that Lace's fault? Yeah. And, and, but then, but then Sean and the, the, the other co-hosts were just like, yeah, well, let's uh, get Lace out here and hear her side of the story. Her fuck her side of the story? What are you talking about? It's more of this show, like, trying to play this off. Like, this is the usual, like, conflicts that happen on this show when it's super duper duper wicked not. And they yeah. Have, they, like, they know it's not, or else they wouldn't be, still be talking to Rod. They still, they wouldn't have Rod be this, like, folk hero if they didn't know that, like, he had gone above and beyond, like, what shit people usually get up to on this show. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. They're treating it like it's any other conflict they've ever had on the show. And it's definitely, definitely not. We have watched years of this show now, and it, this is definitely different. And then to bring Lace out there as, like, a time for you two to just really squash this thing, meet face to face, 
and and lace to to her credit like held her own and was like yeah no like there was this gross moment where they were like lace does, does rod deserve another chance uh and and lace is like no absolutely not and they're like well but you got a second chance and lace is like no <laughs> no no, super that's like, super duper is, not the same thing is, and after yeah. the next commercial break uh sean mentioned like i'm picking up some sexual tension here shut the fuck up dog yeah sean yeah it, i felt the whole thing felt really uncomfortable and then they they bring sarah out um and rod I, finds a way to somehow blame sarah rod apologizes He's like you know i apologize on twitter and they like Sean showed him the tweets that he, that he was like, I shouldn't have said that thing that was fucked up about her being a one arm B word. Um, and then showed the very next tweet, which was like, but it was hilarious though, right? It's the exact. And then he apologized. He was like, I do apologize, but Sarah was following me around the whole time, telling me what I couldn't say. Well, obviously, yeah. it didn't stick. You fucking yeah. dick. Yeah. Um, and and so Sarah accepts his apology and then starts to kind of try and talk about more of what happened and what has happened since. And they kind of cut her off and are like, hey, well, let's not ruin this nice moment. Yeah. Like that was really a nice moment between you and Rod. And let's let's go ahead and, and call that. I don't want to talk. And then about- they ask Rod to get off set, which felt like weird they kept doing this thing where they were like we're really gonna take him to task on some of the things oh but you know him but seriously you shouldn't do that they brought on fucking spencer what's his face yeah spencer pratt who was just like you know man it's just that like it's that military humor you wouldn't get it jubilee active military sitting right the fuck there yeah. like yeah Al- alex and luke both veterans like no dog just this whole thing was a parade when before we 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 tuned into abc like 10 minutes before and entertainment weekly i guess or extra who the fuck knows was on before and they were like interviewing rod like here's some talks about you getting a spinoff show and i heard that and i was like if that if that happens if abc does a spinoff show for chad we can't like yeah you just said his name again oh no well, that was. I think that's our first one. We've done so well. It's because we've been going for the full calendar month on this episode. Yeah. That one had to sneak in eventually. Um, they said, Rod, we heard you're getting a spinoff show. And it's like, if that, ABC, if you do that, like, I don't think I'm going to watch the show anymore. And then Rose Buddies will probably become like a Quantum Leap fan cast or something. Oh, my God, Griffin, don't tease me. I'm only half joking. Like, people have started watching this franchise because of this podcast if they get like, if they if they did that, that would be so horrible. And I sort of like said like, oh, that's just Robbie and Rod, you know, lying to boost boost his personal brand. This hour of television was so pro Rod in a way that like the the show hasn't necessarily been up to this point where the two where the two hosts were doing everything in their power to get him off the hook for everything he said and did, and trying to make it sound like it was a two sided thing, like. That's inarguable. They were trying to make this sound like it was a two-sided thing, yeah. which is bananas. No, ABC is really trying to manipulate the audience right now into thinking, because um, they recognize, I feel like ABC recognizes now, oh, not only is Rod an awful person, 
but he's making us as a network look bad. And the only way we can think to address this is to keep bringing him on and making it seem like it's this big joke. And then maybe everybody will think it's a big joke and they'll stop blaming us as a network. I, I don't even think they're that self-aware. I think they are thinking this dude's good ratings. And if we could do a show with with him every Wednesday night, like that's because I'm, sh- I'm sure it's true. But he's also fucking like. I can't imagine watching this show in good conscience if they embrace him to that degree or even to the degree that they did. Like, I'm not going to watch this fucking after show again. That's for sure, because it was a miserable hour. Like, I keep thinking it's over. I keep thinking, surely that's it. Like, surely that's it. Surely tonight was the last night and he keeps appearing again. And I don't I mean, I don't know. I can't confidently say anymore that that was the last we've seen of him. And somehow they're getting grosser about him. The two sides argument treatment tonight was that like I don't I don't get how you watch that one episode or how you make that one episode of Bachelor in Paradise and said like well but let's hear his side of the story no no there is no other side of the story yeah lace lace gave a really kind of clear concise explanation of kind of what happened because they started to say oh well lace really did kind of turn it on you what was that about and lace is like i recognize my behavior was gross and i decided to stop and when i decided to stop um he kind of continued uh and they show footage of her trying to kind of confront rod and say hey, you need to do something about this. Like, Lace drew from her own experience and said, like, I, I've been this person on this show before, and, and it's it's not great, and I don't want to be this person again. Um, she just, she was really classy and composed, and uh, and it was just sad to act as if it was a, a like an even debate between the two. Um, that was giving him way more, way more courtesy than he deserved. There, but there is no like. Even if she hadn't been classy, like there's no, there's no bad thing she could have. Like even if she's yeah, been no, like, I know. even if she'd like, like really genuinely, like I don't know, let him, let him on to just to like manipulate him or toy with him or whatever. There's no, there's no fucking justification. For what he for for what that dude? Uh, no, I know. We've gone so much longer than two minutes, and I feel guilty because like the last thing I want to do is talk about this guy. But I'm I don't even give a shit about the dude anymore because I know there's going to be a day, or at least I have this hope in my heart that there will be a day where like we don't talk about him during this podcast anymore because it's a fucking bummer. The bigger bummer is like ABC is just like no holds barred. ABC has like no self awareness about like what a rat bag this dude is, and not only that, now seems to be like doing PR for him. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And why? Because if you're, if you, I swear to God, like I have no more, I have no more, like patience in me for this dude. Yeah. I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know what to do about it. If he like rolls up 
next season of The Bachelorette like Nick did. Like, I'm not going to watch. I don't want to watch oh, that. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. There's so many ways. There's so many ways. They brought back much lesser, like, characters than Rod and used them over and over again. Like, that's what I'm, that's what bums me out now. Like, I uh, we do this podcast about it and, like, it, that, so we're invested in that way. But it, this is also a TV show that, like, you and I first started watching when we were dating. Like, we've watched this show for a super long time. And it is breaking bad in such a miserable way. And I, I tweeted stuff along these lines tonight. And I had lots of, like, fairly condescending people saying, like, it's always been this bad. You have no idea. You just had to, you just had your, you, you know, you just didn't realize the facade. Like, no, guys, trust. Yeah, like, it's remember Chris Bukowski, for example. Chris Bukowski used to be like, what a villain. What? No. He would show up all the time, and people didn't like him, and he drank too much. And he was the villain, and he kept coming back, and everybody's like, oh, that guy. Um, but... In the last season of Bachelor in Paradise, the villain was Joe, and he was a villain because he was, like, kind of an aggressive guy, I guess, and, and kind of a rat bag. Uh, but mostly because he had worked it out with another woman who was going to be there, that they were both going to be there and they should hook up once they get there. And everybody was so incensed about that. Yeah. That was the villainy. Not, yeah. yeah. Not this. Not this. So anyway, thanks for listening to the Bachelor podcast. I hope we're not just fucking constant downers constantly. But Yeah, I man, hate why. it. Like, I hate, I, I don't like being that either, but like, I'm genuinely worried about this show. Yeah, and I think that's that's what we're trying to get across um, when we talk about this stuff. Like, obviously, it's gross, and Griffin and I don't condone any of this behavior. But it's also like watching a show that you really care about self destruct and and make choices that make you feel bad as a viewer for enjoying it Which, as much as you used to. Tragically, is also like oh, we have so many so many of our fields are are gone fallow. Unreal has made some choices this season, and yeah. and fucking Ato is like gone completely off the rails. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's like not. We, we don't have a. We don't. Not uh, a lot of great summer television happening right now. So if it weren't for Stranger Things, I think we'd just like sell the sell that boob tube. You know what I mean? <laughs> this uh, has been the the Ten Commandments of podcasts. How long have we been recording? Like an hour like and 36 an hour and minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Rose Buddies. I, I, I hope to God this for a little be... bit of levity next week. Right, more, more Daniel and Sarah. More Daniel, more Sarah. Just let that love story Maybe blossom. Maybe Nick finds somebody. Oh, you know who's rolling up in the set is Kaila002. Yes, we got a tie. Uh-uh. <laughs> Firmware upgrade. We got a teaser that Kaila is showing up, and she is in demand. In demand. Everybody's everybody's just feeling it. Just with that big, beautiful hair that she has just blowing beautiful in the ocean. Hair, right? Ocean breeze. That's good in the breeze, the ocean, the oceanic breeze. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Do you remember when we used to talk about this show and we'd hypothesize which ones were robots created by I know. What a simpler time that was. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening to Rose Buddies. Maybe go back and listen to those old episodes and just have some <laughs> fucking fun with it. Um, uh, anything we want to talk about? I can't. I, we got to just end it. Oh, hey, thanks. Um, I put a comment in the Facebook group, but um, somebody from a chocolate shop in Nashville 
sent us some delicious truffles. I believe his candy company is called Blushing Berry that he runs with his wife, mm. and they They're were delicious. Good. And thank you them, very much. Been eating them nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks everybody who sent stuff to the PO box. We appreciate it. It's PO box six 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 three nine, Austin, Texas seven eight seven six six. We done? We are done. I'm Rachel McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right Reese's, right Reese's,